And one of the great things about a really good Thanksgiving meal is when it makes it easier and even more enjoyable is when everyone contributes their specialty, right? Where there's certain things that you make better than anyone else. Um, so, for instance, my mother makes the, the chocolate pudding pie. She makes it better than anyone else. She makes the turnips because no one else can quite put enough sticks of butter in the turnips <laughs> to make it good. But my wife, she makes this homemade stuffing, not box stuff. I mean, homemade stuffing that's so good. And it's better because everyone brings what they're best at. And even for those of us who can't cook well, we contribute by setting up tables and, and the um, utensils, thank you, all of that stuff. And it makes for a, a, a better and more enjoyable feast together, doesn't it? Well, that's also true in the spiritual realm in that things are easier and better when people gather together and contribute to a common goal, especially a God-given goal and mission. And so an example of that, it's found in the scriptures after one of the most uh, miraculous deliverances in all of human history, it's the Exodus. So the Exodus is both an event and a book of the Old Testament. It's the second book uh, of the Bible, Exodus. And it talks about Israel and their exodus from slavery in Egypt and now Egypt at this time was the leading superpower of the world. And God delivers them out of slavery in Egypt and begins to bring them to the promised land. And, you know, there's miraculous plagues and there's the parting of the Red Sea. And God, he does this work of deliverance. But now, as they travel up to the promised land, now they need to work together to build a new people devoted to this God who just saved them. And one of the tasks that Moses gives to the people is, as he's leading them, is, all right, we need to make a special place to worship this God who has just given us this covenant and who has just saved us. And so Moses, he puts a call out to the people to bring stuff towards the building of this tabernacle. Now, a tabernacle is a tent. It's like a portable temple. And I think it's important because this serves as an example for us. This, you know, um, November is our stewardship emphasis month. And it reminds us that amazing things happen when God's people all contribute to a God-given mission and vision. And so let's look. This is found in Exodus 35. Again, the, the, the Red Sea, all the miraculous stuff that's happened there. They've, they've been freed. And now Exodus 35, verse 4. I'm going to skip around some, but um, it'll be on the screen. It can be in your, you know, you can also uh, follow along on your phone or wherever your Bible is. But Exodus 35, verse 4, it says, Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Who is, whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen, goat's hair. I'm going to stop there. 
because this is an example for us to follow, but not the goat hair part. So I don't want like a pile of goat hair in the offering plate. I don't, we just don't know what to do with that kind of thing. Um, and I'm gonna skip down too, because there's also talks about acacia wood and, uh, and spices. I mean, those are all great stuff. I just don't know what we would do with them. Um, but this is the things that the, they needed for the building of the tabernacle. Okay, so when they're building the tabernacle, they need all sorts of cloth and, and, and animal hair as they build and construct this tabernacle. Uh, but let's skip to verse 10. Let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle, its tent and its covering, its hooks and its frames, its bars, its pillars and its bases. We'll stop there. So What's interesting is not only do people contribute material things to the building of this tabernacle, but they also, um, they contribute their skills. Some of them are able to work with cloth. Some of them are able to work with uh, metals for the, the, the different poles and all of that stuff. And all these craftspeople come together. And there was a great response. Skip down to verse 29. All the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a freewill offering to the Lord. So wow, Mo Moses, he was taking up a collection, right? And people gave as a free will offering to the Lord. In other words, they gave it to Moses and the craftspeople, but it was their gift really to God because they knew God had directed them to do this, that he had this for them, this mission, this vision. And so they offered it to God, free will offering. So this is kind of like a stewardship campaign. Now, what's the result? Well, let's skip down to Exodus chapter 36, verse 5 through 7. This is the result. Uh, verse 5, and they, that is the craftsmen, uh, said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command and word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Well, that's amazing. They, they were giving so much. They said, we can't handle any more. Or you keep your stuff. We, we just can't. We, there's, we have plenty. We have sufficient and more to do all that you've called us to do. Now, that would be great if that happens to us, right? Where, if we have that problem. But I think we'll settle for just having, uh, you know, enough to, to, to meet our operational expenses, right, as we uh, think about, uh, our stewardship campaign. And again, no, we, we don't need goat hair. I just really want to emphasize that because I'm afraid we're going to get some goat hair. Um, but why? Why did the people give so abundantly? I think that answer, I think, can guide us as well as we think about stewardship, as we think about giving. What, like, what, what caused them to give so abundantly? I think two things. First is they gave out a sense of gratitude Right, But then they also gave towards a God-given mission. So let's look at that. First of all, the context of this whole episode is gratitude. God had just saved them. He had just saved them from slavery, and now he was fulfilling his promises. He would be their God, and they would be his special people. 
And so they bring more than enough because they're so grateful. They know that all that they have is really because God gave it to them. And they were hopeful for what he'd continue to do because he was now their God. They were his people. So they had a thanksgiving, right? They gave out of thanks, not out of obligation, not out of this sense of, oh, I guess I have to so people don't look at me funny. It was a thanksgiving. They gave out of a sense of gratitude. Now, I talked about this quite a bit last week. This was one of the mind shifts we talked about, giving not out of fear, but out of gratitude. So I'm not going to get into that too much today. But as Christians, we have been, we've been saved to eternal life through Christ. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's called us into his family and so when we understand God's grace, when we understand his generosity, then we're generous with the things of God. And so it's not no hard sell, no guilt giving, but rather thanksgiving. And that's why the people gave so abundantly. They were so full of thanks. But the other thing, and this is what I want to focus on today, is they also gave towards a God-given mission. God had given them a mission moving forward, a hope to, to be this new people of God with God in their midst. And this hope, it spurred them on to build this tabernacle together by contributing their, their gifts, their skills. This was a common God-given mission and vision. And this scripture reminds us as we... Think again about our, our, our annual stewardship emphasis of the importance to a common God-given mission and vision for carrying out what God has told us into the future. Because that's what, that's what it should excite us, right? It's not, oh, I just did this, you know, they really need this. No, it's, it's contributing towards something, towards something bigger, something that is not only a, a mission that God has given, but something so big that we can only do it together and we can only do it with God's empowerment. So what? So what are we doing here at Second Baptist Church? I think that's important because as we think about contributing in our stewardship, it's like, well, what's this for? Whether you're contributing time or, or, or talents or, or money or whatever, it's like, what is, what's the purpose of this? What's the mission behind this? What is God's mission for us? Well, if you're a Christian, you're, there's, we look to the scriptures, all right? God, what do you have? What's your mission for us as Christians, as a church? And I don't have time to go through all of the scriptures. I've done this before. But basically, God's mission for us as Christians, but also as a church, is to love God, love people, and grow disciples, right? Make disciples. Now, different churches say that in different ways, but if you go to a Bible-believing church and they have a mission statement, generally it's going to be something like that. For us, we state it as our mission is to worship God, to love people, and grow Christ followers. Now, if you don't remember that, look to the wall. It says it right on the wall. Worship, love, grow. Right? Those, those banners over there. See them hanging? Okay. <laughs> All right, because some of you were looking around like, what, where, where is he talking about? They're there because that's our mission, to worship God, to love people, and to grow Christ followers. Now, if you're a Christian, that not only means that you want to grow to be more like Christ, but you want to help others grow as well. 
That's our mission. That's what we're called to do. Now, that's not the exact same mission as the people of Israel in, in the Old Testament because we're a new covenant people, the church. We're a spirit-indwelt people of promise, and we are to go to all the nations, whereas Israel was called to be a nation in a, the promised land. Now, that was God's mission for his people at the time, but now it's to go into all the nations to be a people of God's presence because now God's presence it doesn't dwell in a place, it dwells in a people. And we'll get into that in a minute. So that's our mission. If you wonder, what are we doing? What are, what's the goal, our goal, our mission, while we are here as Christians, but also as a church, is to worship God, to love people, and grow Christ followers. Would you say that with me? Worship, love, grow. Worship, love, grow. Okay, hopefully that's easy enough to remember. Now, there are many ways to do that, right? That's where vision comes in. So our mission, kind of unchanging, it comes from the scripture, but our vision is, all right, well, how? How do we carry out that mission with our particular people and in this particular place, right? We need, and then that vision is a little more flexible in that our, our, our vision might change as our, as our congregation changes, as our, um, our, our community changes. So, for instance, if we were located in Iran, right, we would still have that same mission to worship God, love people, and grow Christ followers. But it, doing that might look a little bit different than how we do it right now. Same mission, but the vision is how do we accomplish that given our place, you know, our time. So what is our vision? How? How are we going to worship God, love people, and grow Christ followers? Well, we have a vision statement. It's on the website. I can't go through it all for time purposes, but if you go to our website and about, there's a vision statement there. I want to, I want to share with you a couple, of, a couple of portions of that vision statement. Because again, why? Why is this important? Because we want everyone to understand this is where we're headed. This is our mission, and this is how we're going to accomplish this mission so that when you're contributing your time, your talents, your, your, your money, that you know, all right, this is where we're headed. So this will be on the screen, our vision, the first part. We envision being a church who values Christ and his mission as of first importance so that all of our programs and practices advance his will and kingdom. We strive to be a church who holds the essentials of the faith tightly while holding non-essentials loosely. This really touches on our mission to worship God, is that we want people to catch this vision, that they feel it, they see it, that at Second Baptist Church, Christ is first. That these people, they value Christ so much, they're always talking about him. And in fact, it's not just talk. Whatever they do, the, the value and worthiness of Christ is the why underneath everything they do. That is the vision that people will, will, will feel that. That at Second Baptist, Christ is first. So we envision a church who values Christ and his mission of first importance. We're not a social club. We're not a service club. Although we socialize and we do serve, we're a church, the body of Christ. 
We are Christians, Christians. We want to reflect him in the value in everything we do. And the, one of the reasons we want to do that is just like the Israelites, when they, they worshiped God because he had just saved them from slavery in Egypt, and they wanted to make this place so that everyone would understand the God of Israel was the only God and worthy of all their worship. We've been saved by Christ. As Chrissy prayed, you know, we count many miracles. We count our salvation. There's so much that God has given us, so much Christ has won for us in eternity. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's brought us into the family of God. Nothing because we didn't earn it. It's because of his grace. And because of that, he is of matchless worth. And we want to raise his name up high so that all people understand that he is number one. I have a colleague who um, just finished serving in a federated church, and a part, so a federated church is a few churches get together, whatever, and one of the churches that came was a Unitarian church, and they said to her, they're like, oh, you know, you're a good pastor, but you talk about Jesus too much. <laughs> like, I want, that's what I want us to, like, I want people to, man, I just talk about Jesus too much. I mean, th that blows my mind. That would be like going to a Patriots game and saying, they talk about the, the Patriots too much. Well, it's their stadium. That's why we're here. Same thing is our vision is for Christ to be the why underneath everything we do. And it's not just because it's about worship. Our mission is to worship God. And so, yes, we come and we worship God in song. This is a worship service. But if Christ is truly worthy, it's so much more than just what happens on Sunday. His worthiness undergirds everything we do. And we want his value, his worth to show up, not just on Sundays, but in our lives every day, every place we go. So a part of that worship is also equipping one another to go and bring Christ to the different places that we go. And not just talk, but we want actual, our decisions to be made based on that mission, to Christ's mission, his value, his will for us is to worship God, to love one another, and to grow Christ's followers. That's our mission. So that our mission is not to keep everybody happy, all right? That's not our mission. So people, oh, this might make people mad. Well, if it's, that's not our mission is not to keep everybody happy. It's to worship God, to love people and grow Christ followers. Our mission is not to, well, keep everything the same as much as possible. No, I mean, if keeping things the same helps us worship God, love people and grow Christ followers, we'll do it. But if change helps us do that, we'll change. We also won't just change for change's sake. We make our decisions based on God's will for us, his mission. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Pastor, what the, the, that part of the vision that says we strive to be a church who holds the essentials of the faith tightly while holding non-essentials loosely, what does that have to do with Christ's preeminence? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, is that we need to keep the first things first, right? Is that... God, that we want what's on the heart of God and his primary mission for us to actually be our primary mission, to be what's on our hearts. Because we're finite human beings, right? We can't focus on everything. 
And oftentimes we will get something in our mind. We'll focus on that thing and do that one thing. And, you know, with all of our time and effort, but what if it's not a main thing? <laughs> what if it's not the thing that's important to God? I know so many churches, they'll wrangle and try to get all sorts of things in the row, all sorts of, uh, you know, doctrines or, or practices in a row, but yet are we worshiping God, loving people, and growing Christ followers? We want to keep the main things, the main things, to keep the first things first. So we envision a, a church where Christ and his mission is the main thing. We don't get derailed by secondary issues. We keep the first things the first things. It's not that secondary issues aren't important. It's just they're not the main things. I say this so that if, if you know, if you're into a certain type of end times theology, right? And we can all have our own thoughts about that. But if you're like, no, you need to believe this, or, you know, you're not a good Christian. Second Baptist Church is probably not the, the church for you because we allow differences in the non-essentials. Or you might have a, a, a certain idea of, of the, the spiritual gifts and, oh, you have to speak in tongues or you can't speak in tongues or, or women in ministry, all sorts of secondary issues. It's not that they're not important. It's just that they're secondary. So we want to be a church that because we value Christ and his priorities more than our own, more than a hobby horse that we get on, that we want to be a church that keeps the first things first, that we hold to the essentials tightly but the secondary issues we hold loosely because we don't want to, as we grab towards secondary issues, let the important things slip from our hands. And I say that because I've been in so many churches, that's exactly what happens, that we get focused on secondary issues. But we want to be a church that puts the first things first. All right, let's move to the second part of this vision. This is really, we won't get much time past this, but... In our gatherings, we envision people experiencing God's presence, taking a step closer to Christ, and being sent out and powered by the Spirit so that our faith extends beyond our facilities. We seek to be a people of God's word and prayer, directed by the Spirit in every area of life. We envision believers of diverse backgrounds, generations, and ethnicities serving God and one another through their varied experiences, gifts, and styles. So when we gather, we gather every time to experience God's presence, to take a step closer to him. The Israelites, they experienced God's presence as he parted the Red Sea, as he appeared to them in a cloud by day, in a pillar of fire by night, and it transformed them. It changed them profoundly. And so our vision is that you would encounter God because that changes everything. I can teach, I can do all sorts of things, you can do all sorts of things, but really what transforms us is an encounter with the living God. So that a part of our vision is that when, you, when we gather here, every time we gather, we take a step closer to God. We encounter him in a new way because that's when supernatural things happen. That's when our hearts are transformed. And then we can bring that transformed heart into the different places we go. And so our vision is that you would encounter God and every time take a step towards him. And our mission, it's not just to gather, but to scatter, 
to bring the Spirit of God wherever we go. And this is where the theology is important, that, you know, in the Old Testament, they build the tabernacle because God's presence was in the tabernacle, but no longer is God's presence in a place, it's in a people. That he has given us his Holy Spirit so that now the presence of God is in the people of God. And so as God works in many different people, he draws us closer to him. We experience him in a new and powerful way. That's also why, you know, a part of our, our vision is to equip and empower people to step into their God-given gifts. It's like the Thanksgiving meal, right? We want people. They, we're all built differently. We're all from different experiences, different cultures, and we want folks to bring what they make best to the table of the Lord. Because we know that, we, that if they bring their specialty, if they bring what's good, it'll make a wonderful feast. It'll make everyone's job easier. And it's not just bringing it here. It's then being empowered and bringing it everywhere. Be, and, and here's the thing. How does that go with encounter, encountering God? Is that we encounter God in a new way by stepping out and, and, and contributing to his mission through our skills, through everything. And, and many of you who, um, many of you already do that. And as I talk to a lot of you, a lot of you will say, yeah, when I, when I teach or, or when I'm, uh, you, you know, helping out in the kitchen or whatever, I know that God has called me to this, I'm good at this. And I experience the true joy of God working through me. You see, that's why it's so important that, that we're not a church whose vision is um, like the, the old church growth uh, when I was in um, planting churches and stuff like that. We focused on church growth, and we're reaping, unfortunately, we're reaping the results of that, and that it would be performance-based, right? Is that if you want to cert- reach a certain group of people, that's your target audience, so now give them what they want, And what we've produced, in America at least, is a generation of consumer Christians. Is that it's not about, it's about consuming instead of contributing. And what we miss out on that is that we miss out experiencing God's presence, encountering him in a new way as we participate. So it's not a performance-based model. It's a participatory model where we want you to participate in what God is doing. And when we do that together... It speaks to who God is in a deeper and more profound way that we're not making a group of observers. We're making participants. We're making partners. And because of that, we experience God in a powerful way. And we don't want to keep you from that. We want you to step into all of God's, all that God has for each one of us. Again, it's like that Thanksgiving meal. So it's not about performance It's about encounter and participation. And because we're a people of God and because we each have different things to add to the world, to the, to uh, the church, right? It also spills over into our families, into our homes, into our communities, so that we're not just, uh, Second Baptist Church isn't a building or a set of programs that happen. It's a people 
banding together towards that mission to worship God, love people, and grow Christ followers, that yes, we encounter God here, but then we also encounter him as he goes and he works through us in our different places, in our different communities. And like that Thanksgiving meal, it's not, it's not all right, you make this. And in fact, I'm going to tell you exactly how to make it. No. It's what do, you, what, what, can, what do you bring to the table that makes your heart happy and that you're good at? Bring that to the table of the Lord. We want to empower people to do that. All right, I need to skip towards the end. So there's other parts in our vision statement that you can read online, but I want to skip to the last one, and that's we dream of a local and international partnerships that reflect and advance the worldwide promise of God's kingdom. I wanted to point this one out because we experienced this, I think, a lot last month in our Engage Month, and that just as, as individual Christians, we each bring something to the table of the Lord, we each have something to contribute to our local church here, there's also the church universal, Right? We are an expression of the church locally here in South Hadley, Massachusetts, but the church, the body of Christ is so much bigger than us. It is worldwide. It's universal. And just as God has called each person into a particular local body to contribute and to do things, he has called different churches and different ministries into his universal body of Christ so that our part is to reach our community, the Pioneer Valley, this area, and we, we have, uh, you know, certain uh, places, certain people, certain facilities to do that. But we also understand that we partner with other, other ministries around the globe. That, yes, God has called us in this mission, but the church is so much bigger that we can't do everything. And there's certain things that's not going to be our specialty, but that doesn't mean we don't want to support other Christians who are good at that. And it is their specialty. That's both locally and internationally. So we have global partners. Our, our um, Operation Christmas Child, taking these boxes, sending them all over the world with the message of Christ. Last week, we had Dan Tabb visiting from Ireland. He's a global partner towards to Ireland and does sports ministry there. Why? Well, well I mean, why do we partner with him? Because we're not in Ireland, but many of us are Irish. And um, not me, just my wife. She's quite Irish. But anyways, um, the, uh, but we want the gospel to go there. And we see the value in that talked about uh, Springfield Rescue Mission, Between Bridges Ministries, right? Is that they are doing a wonderful work there in Springfield uh, with the homeless. And it's, not, it's like we don't have to reinvent the wheel that we see what they're doing is valuable. It's, it's, it goes with our mission of loving people, and they can do that in a way better than we can. So we'll partner with them because they're fulfilling that part. But in you know, the universal body of Christ, we each have a part to play. Every church, every Christ-centered, Bible-believing church, every Christ-centered, Bible-believing ministry makes up the universal kingdom of God. And together, we can do something we can't by ourselves. So just as it is locally, our mission at Second Baptist Church is to worship God, love people, and grow Christ followers. We have a vision towards doing that, but we also have a vision to, to, to reach the nations with other Christian ministries.
But the thing about a God-given mission is it's got to be God-sized. You know, all this stuff that I've talked about, and there's more to our mission statement uh, and our vision statement, is that we can't do it without God's empowering presence. That's why prayer is so essential to that. But we also can't do it by ourselves. We have to do it together. That's the frustrating and scary part of what God calls us to do. Because even the, um, the Israelites, like the, the part that I read, that was kind of the highlight. <laughs> they all contributed. They built the tabernacle of the Lord. But if you keep reading the story, they wander around the wilderness. They grumble. They seem to take steps back. Because that's the thing about vision. His vision is something that we see, something we're going towards. But as Peter prayed, and I didn't, like that was the Holy Spirit, is that we're becoming. Vision is always something that we need to become this. And believe me, as a pastor, sometimes I can be so frustrated because I see the vision. I see where God is calling us. And sometimes we seem to take steps back from that. But if God is with us, and if we work together, then that vision will see, be seen through. If we are faithful to God and his mission, he will give us the power. He will, in, he will bring us into unity. But don't let not being able to see the future keep you from contributing in the present. Because that's the dynamic there. It's like, well, Pastor Joe, those things you described, that vision statement, oh, we're, we're kind of far from that. Well, yeah, but that's the, that's the nature of vision, is that it's where we're going. And right now, we're not there, but that's where we're going. And if that is a vision that you say, yeah, I want to be a part of that, yes, that's where God has called us to, to be, then one of the ways you could respond is filling out that stewardship card. Many of you already do things. Um, so that we can together start saying, all right, this is where we're going, so how can we plan? What, what kind of things do we have to, um, to execute this vision? And then finally, if you're here or watching online and you're not connected to a local church, you're not a member of our church, you're not connected, whatever, I would just encourage you to be a part of a church where you can be all in. Right? Be a part of a church where you can contribute because your own spiritual health, your own encounter with God, it happens as a part of a, a larger body. And, you know, you know, Second Baptist Church isn't for everybody. I mean, we want everyone to be here, but we have a certain vision. We have a certain thing. And if, 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 if you can be all in some other place, then be, just be all in because our spiritual Strength, our encounter with God depends on, again, being a part of something bigger than ourselves to put aside that consumer Christianity and start to embrace that that the contribution type of Christianity where, yes, we give out of thankfulness, but God gives us back so much more. Let's pray. Dear Lord, um, you have called us to worship you, to love people, and to grow Christ followers. And Lord, we confess we can't, we don't do that the way that we can, that we should. 
So, Lord, we pray that you would work in us, work through us. Lord, I pray that you would be working in our hearts now to show us how we can contribute to your mission in this place. Lord, I thank you for every person here. And even, even our time today, Lord, only happened because so many people contributed. To even a, a testimony, music, prayer, scripture, Lord. We pray that you would increase that in us and through us so that you would be preeminent in all that we do. Lord, we thank you and pray you would continue to do your mighty work in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.